Welcome to the Fitbox Podcast. This is your host, Joseph Frankie. Glad you're here listening. On our podcast, we talk about two main things. First and foremost, we interview members of Fitbox so that way you can hear their stories about how they're repaying debt, how they're saving for retirement, buying homes, all this type of stuff, really to give you motivation and some different ideas. That's the first thing we talk about. The second thing our podcast do is we take individual finance topics and go through them in more detail so that way you can say, does this apply to me and how does this apply to my plan? So if you have questions or you want to sign up for Fitbucks, you can do so in the show notes, fitbucks.com, build your profile, schedule a call. We'll be talking to you soon. Enjoy the episode. All right, welcome to another podcast episode. We have uh, another good one. I- I'm excited because we're actually going to start interviewing more people. We're during the whole COVID stuff. We we're more focusing on things like mindset, just financial planning and stuff. And we're going to start releasing more and more actual interviews with people paying off their loans, saving for retirement, buying houses and all that stuff. And today we are joined by Rachel. Rachel, thanks for coming on and sharing your stories. It's, uh, it's fun to have you. Oh, thanks for having me. Yeah, we, we go way back. Uh, <laughs> I think we first met like two, three years ago when you were coming out um, from school about the mm-hmm go after this task of your student loans and all that type of stuff. Really, before we get there, um, just touch a little bit on your background, um, you know, where you grew up, you know, why you chose the the school that you went to, the profession that you decided to go into, and just share with everybody your background. I can go through all that stuff, but I think it'd be more entertaining <laughs> to do it. So go for sure. it. Sure. Okay. Well, um, so I grew up in, in a small suburb north of uh, Pittsburgh, and I Ended up going to undergrad college at the University of Akron out in Ohio, where I was a collegiate athlete for four years. I was a swimmer. Um, And I started exercise science, pre-physical therapy there. Um, Graduated in four and a half years. I had a couple uh, courses left over there. And um, I did a lot of work in as a PT aide in um, a couple clinics out there. And I really kind of fell in love with the science behind everything and how fast paced it was and just how I never saw myself being in a cubicle kind of for a uh, profession. So I really started liking PT a lot there and decided that I wanted to do grad school. Um, I moved back home. I spent about two years just working as an aide and retaking some classes once I realized some of the other prereqs that I needed. And I, um, you know, just wanted to get a little bit more experience. I learned best that way. So I applied to schools and I ended up getting into Slippery Rock University, which um, was my number one choice. I just loved the university. It was not far from my hometown. It had um, a fantastic program and it was one of the more affordable options that you could have. And especially with in-state tuition that made it all the more exciting. Yep. Yeah. So I, um, I went to grad school there. I had a really great experience and um, now I live in Virginia and am a working PT. Beautiful, beautiful. What, uh, what setting are you currently in? So I am in an outpatient orthopedic, but we are a um, nonprofit hospital. So I also float to acute care. So I get kind of um, best of both worlds. I'm pretty much 90% outpatient, but I do acute care if I have any cancels or if um, on the weekend rotation shifts. So my main goal coming out of school was kind of, um, you know, I really wanted to take a chunk out of my loans if I could. And I also wanted to become a very strong generalist. 
and focus in functional dry needling as well. So that lined up with all of my goals. And um, I think, you know, two years out and two years working, I've had a lot of really good experiences and a lot of skills, I think, that are pretty rare to um, a nonprofit hospital setting. Yeah, it, it's funny. My, uh, my wife does dry kneeling too. And uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you know, ba- like last night, a perfect example, like my neck was really messed up. And mm-hmm. um, I'm like, babe, this really hurts. She starts working on it. She's like, let me just put a needle in. And, and my thing yeah. is like, I absolutely love dry needling because I think it works mm-hmm. fantastic. Like it releases everything like so fast. But when mm-hmm. she does it and the muscle tenses up, it's like, no, you're not. And I hate needles. Like, in yeah. Animal. So every yeah. time she's like, do you want to do it? I'm like, no, don't bring up the needles. And then she's like, do you really want me to do it? I'm like, okay. Like, yeah. <laughs> so I get it's, scared it's when she funny that way. she's like, relax. I'm like, okay. But mm-hmm. acupuncture, mm-hmm. I'm perfectly fine. Fine. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I can do that all day long. So mm-hmm. um, side note on all that, which, which one do you like better, Pennsylvania or Virginia? Oh, that's tough. Um, <laughs> you know, I do. Lo- I love Pittsburgh. My family's there. I love the city a lot. Um, so I'd still probably p- pick Pittsburgh. Yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. And, and for those of you listening, this is another side joke, I guess you could say. For those of you that are listening on the podcast, you can't see this on YouTube, you'll get it. But uh, <laughs> Star Wars or Star Trek? Oh, come on. I mean... <laughs> I have Yoda next to me. It's definitely a Star Wars. <laughs> Those of you on the podcast, when we're, when we're filming this, everything in the room is all Star Wars stuff with Vader and Yoda. Yeah. It's just beautiful. It's a beautiful sight. So. Yeah, my, my boyfriend is a professional gaming streamer. So this is always his backdrop. And that's why beautiful. I have such a nice setup here. <laughs> I, I love it. I'm, I'm definitely jealous. And I tried to do like one fifth of that. And my, my wife was like, nope. Um, yeah <laughs> so it's another side note on that so like when i was growing up my dad owned a costume store and theatrical supplies Ooh. so he still has like the original darth vader mask the c3po no mask the ewok mask um and oh then the original stormtrooper cool. like the ones that they actually use on set and they had extras of and so they're all in boxes wow. and storage. And I'm like, dad, I got extra room in, in Texas. Like, <laughs> like, you're not touching them. I'm like, damn it. <laughs> oh, maybe one day. That's yeah, awesome. So they are awesome. Um, I mean, swimming, you know, talk about, because I always talk about like athletics and college and how it preps you, you know, talk a little bit about, you know, how playing sports, you know, prep you one for school, getting through school, working with patients mm-hmm. and just the PT just in general, just what that sports sure. background did. Yeah. I mean, I was a competitive swimmer for pretty much from seven till 22. Um, and if anything in college, it really taught me time management. Um, I mean, among a million other things, but I really had to balance the student athlete aspect of, okay, this is my practice time. These are the classes I need to take. I have to be in this class that's only offered at this point in time in order to graduate on time. Like, it was it, a lot in time management, I think is probably the biggest thing I walked away with. But I mean, I'm a very, I was very disciplined from a pretty young age too, to be able to manage schedules like that. And in high school, I swam for my high school team and also a club team. So in one day's time, I could be in three separate pools in different counties throughout the day. <laughs> so, I mean, I really think it taught me how to manage my time, how to be diligent and efficient in the time I did have. Um, and it really just helped me 
enjoy a more fast paced lifestyle and profession with that aspect. Yeah, definitely. Swimmers, they always scare me when I was a, uh, <laughs> back when I was uh, in college playing ice hockey, it's because I had so many injuries. I used to swim a lot and I yeah. would both swim in the pool and I would also run in the pool, um, going mm-hmm. to the deep end and just run. Um, Aqua jog. Uh, it's, it's fun. If you've never tried yeah. it, try it. It's hard. <laughs> um, and so here I am. I thought I was in shape and some of the, like two of the swimmers that used to be on our swim team at school. And then like two or three mm-hmm. of the water polo girls that, that used to be on water polo. They're like, Oh, you should come out and swim in the ocean with us one day. And I'm like, oh, I can do that. <laughs> you know, I'm thinking going, you know, parallel with, with, uh, with yeah. the they're like, Oh no, we get there. Like, Oh no, we swim out and we use like the dock to gauge how far out we go. Cause that's it's about a quarter to a half mile. Wow. And yeah. I thought I was going to die. Um, I mean, I made it out to the quarter mile and they're like stopped. And I'm like, why are we stopping? And they like, well, we've been waiting for you for like 10 minutes. (laughs) Like, okay, well, I'm here. Are we going to keep going? They're like, no, but I think we just saw a shark. And I was like, I, I I don't think I've ever swam so fast in my back in my life. And I'm like, there you go. You set records on the way back. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is nothing. I'm going to go get out of the, out of the ocean. And I can barely even stand up. I was like, yeah, crap. Like. So yes, swimmers, like I'll stick to a pool, I'll do my little blast, do some running and yeah. <laughs> we're a rare breed. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's just crazy the endurance is it's just like, oh wow. Like yeah. I was in shape. I'm not. <laughs> um, Trust me, if I think I'm in shape now, I all I have to do is get back in the water and I say, Nope. <laughs> yeah, that's like me on the ice. My buddy was like, Let's go play ice hockey at my first shift. I'm like, Woo, first thirty seconds. Yeah. I'm like, I'm I'm back on the ice. I'm burning. Like 15 seconds. Mm-hmm. I, I could barely get off the ice. I get to the bench. I'm like dry heaving. I'm like, yeah, this is going to work <laughs> out very well for me. So yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. So the, the big topic, student loans, obviously that's what we, you know, we talk about mostly at FibBucks. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we are starting to transition just for those of you that don't know this, we are starting to transition into like more financial planning. Cause we're about to roll out a bigger tool here in the next few weeks, which I'm like really excited for because we've been building this for a mm-hmm. while now. So uh, but with Rachel, when, when she first started, just to give you some background on her loan, she started, she had 10 different loans. So as most of you guys know, you have multiple, multiple student loans, all of these different interest rates. There's nine different repayment strategies. It's, it's just, it's mind numbing to try to go through. Um, so she had 10 loans. She started off with that about $100,000. She's been in repayment for about 22 months. Okay. Uh, so just shy of two years. Um, went on to what we call the extended prepay strategy. I let her talk through why she did all that. Long story short, she has paid off three of those loans so far. Um, the balance went from 100 grand down to 70,000. She's had to deal with furloughs and all that type of stuff. So, I'll, I'll let her share uh, her story because that's that was the big thing to me is like, you know, hearing this and having paid off loans, having been through furlough, like all this type of stuff, and you're still getting it done. You know, just talk about that journey from you know October 20, 2018 when you entered repayment, why you chose the repayment plan you went into. You know what you've been doing uh some tips that you might have we can talk about the tips next but just talk about a little bit about what you've been doing okay. why you did it and we'll go from there sure so uh, as i think probably most of your listeners would know i when i was done with grad school even in grad school i really had no idea what to do when i graduated and i started you know having to pay these loans back it just seems so astronomical and you know, daunting. I had no idea where to go and what kind of plan would work for me. So 
after researching and talking to friends, I still felt very lost. And that's kind of how I came to you. And once we kind of discussed what plan would be best for me, the biggest thing I wanted to do is I just don't want that following me around for decades. I want it to be done with. I want to pay for my education and then just live my life. So we discussed kind of what the best plan would be. And I think given the fact that I wasn't sure where I was going to be working or how much I was going to be making, and it was all just so new for me, I wanted to have a low minimum payment each month, but then plan to make those large prepayments so I could really start taking out a big chunk of each loan. Um, I had done a lot of research in the past, like listening to other people talk about finances, and I still wanted to have a, a life balance with my work. So I think finding this strategy of the extended loan or extended prepayment, you know, I have no intentions of being still paying 25 years from now. My plan is to be much shorter than that. So I think having that lower payment each month and paying on top of that much more gives me a little bit more of financial freedom to have some flexibility, but also to, you know, let life happen as well. Um, when the pandemic hit, that was, uh, I mean, I don't think anybody in my shoes expected to know what to have to do this within the first two years of being a, a treating therapist. I've, I work with seasoned therapists that have, you know, are approaching retirement and they're like, I have no idea what, how to apply for unemployment. Like I've never had to worry about this. So that was a big, um, a big issue. It was a, a big, you know, like an oh shit moment. <laughs> yeah. And it was an oh shit moment, a huge speed bump in your plan. But at the same time, I mean, the only thing I did differently was I moved my money, but I didn't pay it off yet. I didn't like pay my bills yet. I waited until I knew I had a start date back. And then I made one big payment down on my loan. So just for my own security. I mean, I wasn't accruing interest. I just felt that that would make me feel the most safe. So if anything were to happen, I would have, you know, an extra chunk of money um, that if I didn't want to use, but maybe I'd have to. So I found that that plan was best for me through all, a lot of speed bumps. It's still been successful. And um, although my monthly payments are pretty min minuscule, I pay almost triple that now to try to take big chunks out of the loans with the highest interest rate and just kind of work your way down. Yeah. That, that's the big thing is, is sometimes we stress about the, the managing your risk, right? That's everybody yeah. wants to save the most money and do this. Let it be investing in stocks or paying off student loans or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. um, it's managing risk. And, you know, for those of you that don't know, you know, what Rachel brought up about the extended prepay strategy, basically what that is, is we, we, show people how to take advantage of some of the loopholes in the repayment strategies and repayment plans the government offers by extending them out, but then you actually make extra payments. And that does a number of things. It gives you budget flexibility. It allows you to target specific loans, like the high interest rate loans and pay them off faster. Um, and so that, that's the big thing. And that's the big takeaway is managing your risk. And I mean, you're, you're the perfect example of that because like you said, you never expect, you know, a pandemic to hit. <laughs> and yeah. get furloughed especially as a pt or like i know there's a lot of ot's listening to this pas uh NPs. Yeah. i mean healthcare in general has low unemployment and now all of a sudden it's like um what am now i what? what am i doing and most of the time when we talk about finances and managing your risk people thinking about like stocks and that type of stuff like if they get laid off they don't want yeah. to lose all their money and you're in a recession but this just goes to show you how debt, how to be strategic with debt and how like having debt can increase your risk. 
Um, yeah. Like Rachel, you manage this really, really well. And I go to both extremes. Imagine those that didn't manage it well, what they're thinking about. Plus the other ones on the other extreme that paid off all their loans, they don't have any debt at all. They really panicked. And so it just goes to show you on the debt side how, how debt adds risk to your profile, your financial profile, no matter what. You got to learn how sure. to manage that. Mm -hmm. That way, overall, you're, you're still in a good situation. Um, so that's exciting. 100 grand down to 70,000. That is exciting. <laughs> that means you're on pace to pay it off in five to 10 years, which is awesome. Yeah. And that is exciting. So, tips, you know, just anything that you've learned over the last year or two and. Sure. Tips for new grads or even if you're not a new grad, just some tips to help start paying the stuff off. Sure. So one of the biggest things that I uh, was looking for, especially as a new grad and feeling nervous about not knowing how to pay everything or manage, you know, a true income and budget, I did want to be a strong general generalist, but also to have my job maybe helped me out with some of my loans. So that was one of the perks of my job now is they do have a student loan reimbursement per year. Um, it's a certain percentage. And um, although, you know, taxes taken out of it, it might look a lot smaller than what it's offered to you on paper. It's still a huge help. Um, anything helps. And um, so that was a big factor that I was looking for and I was interested in, especially applying as a new grad. Um, Ease my mind a little bit. And also, you know, it's another perk um, factored into your salary as well. So that was one thing I looked for. Um, another thing that I've kind of learned in my first year was I'd always be hesitant about like, how much money should I move over? Should I pay this much down? Like, should I wait, maybe add more or whatever. But what I truly found is whatever I moved over, I didn't miss. Yeah. I didn't, you know, once I did it, I just didn't look at it and said, okay, here's, here's what I have now to pay, or here's what I now have to live off of the next couple of weeks. You know, and once I moved it, I didn't miss it. And once I kind of realized that I got a little bit more aggressive with how much I was able to pay down on each month. And I, I didn't miss out on anything either. Yeah. And that's key. I mean, moving it slow, getting comfortable. Yeah. I mean, that, that's another big thing that I often stress. Again, this is more on the asset side, like building investments. Like mm -hmm. all the time I hear people like, should I pay off my loans or should I invest in the stock market? You know, the stock market yeah. does 8% per year. It's like, no, it doesn't do 8% per year, more like 5% per year. But it's like they read these things and they think, you know, they got to be aggressive with it. Yeah. But they've never experienced a downturn and seen their stocks just tank and how you're going to react. Mm -hmm. The same things with this. It's like, oh my God, like I'm going to make a $2,000 payment. Like, well, what happened? What happens? What happens sure. if I need what happens? Like, and then as you get more comfortable doing it, you're like, okay, this is my plan. I'm following that plan. I get it. And you're seeing mm -hmm. the plan come to fruition then great. And then you make it through a pandemic and you're like, okay, well shit just hit the fan. And guess what? I made it through. Okay. Like, mm -hmm. and it just builds your confidence more and more and more and more throughout the whole, the whole process. So that's definitely good. One, one side note on that, the reimbursement stuff. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, for yourself, as well as anybody that's listening to this, if your employer reimburses you for payments for student loans, as part of the CARES Act, so I'm part of a lobbying group um, that is trying to get employer contributions to uh, student loans to be tax-free. Okay, so oh, right now, if your employer, <laughs> yeah, right now if your employer does it for you, it's just treated like income. You got to pay taxes on it. Yeah. So as part of the CARES Act from March through the end of this year, any contribution your employer pays is tax-free. 
up to $5,250. Okay. Wow. I didn't know that. So Rachel, if they're not doing that, don't mention (laughs) it to them, right? And if you're listening to this, mention that to your employer. I just got word from the lobbying group, and I don't know if this has actually become law or not. They have decided to extend that for another two years and also increase the max from $5,250 a year to $12,000 a year. There you go. Nice. Wow. I I just got the email yesterday, so I don't know if they actually (laughs) did it yet, but that is something to keep on the radar for you guys. Like, because I'm going to start thinking a lot more employers do it. Um, So if your employer already does do reimbursements, make sure you let them know, Hey, part of the CARES Act says that this thing is is tax-free. Mm-hmm. Um, through the end, at least through the end of 2020. Um, now, is that for all facilities or is it specific only to all profit? Facilities, all across yeah. the board. If your employer wow. makes contributions to your student loans, then it should be tax free. Wow. So, well, that's huge. <laughs> that makes a big difference. <laughs> so, good stuff. Good stuff. Um, yeah. So, again, thanks again for coming on, sharing your story it's exciting. It gives inspiration to people, especially, I mean, $30,000 in in less than two years, that's through, through a pandemic. I mean, getting furloughed and everything. I mean, that's, yeah, that's exciting, very inspirational. And, you know, before we close it out, you know, I know that you went through some of your tips, um, anything else, just words of wisdom or anything like from mindset or anything like that, just to share, uh, with students or new grads or anybody that's been out for a while. Sure. So, I mean, I've learned so much in even just the first two years. And if I could tell anybody, any advice as a new grad is just really put yourself first. Also, Um, a work-life balance is huge. Um, I spent, you know, the first year or so really, really taking my work home with me and being completely invested. And I just, I really found myself caring more about that than myself and it showed in how I even treated too. So just don't forget to put yourself first and take care of, you know, your mind, your body, everything like that. It's important for longevity in this field and just for overall wellness and happiness. Um, I think I see it happen a lot too. You know, we come out of grad school and we're just eager and excited to be in a field that we love, but it can take a toll and that's exactly what contributes to burnout and how people, you know, aren't treating for years and years and years on end. Um, you know, other than having, you know, debts looming over your shoulder all the time, you still have to take care of yourself. So I think that's a huge thing that, um, needs to be taken really seriously if you're a new grad or if you're just, you know, a PT that's been working for a long time, it's important to keep that in perspective. Yep. Definitely. Don't, to, to me, like, especially with work, it should be fun. Yeah. And if you're grinding mm-hmm. it, like if you're having fun, then it's not considered work. Right. Exactly. Like, like yeah. You're doing what you like to do. You're enjoying it. For me, I don't know, know how you guys do it because the paperwork stuff would drive me crazy and the notes yeah. and all that crap that you got to deal with. I make fun of my wife. I'm like 50% of your time is notes. It's not even treating patients. Yeah. Like, Holy shit. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> Much. Like, what do you do for your stuff for fit bucks? I'm like, I pay someone. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't want to deal with that crap. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, it, it's like you said, you, you want to make sure that, you know, you guys are doing stuff for you. I'm actually going to be filming a podcast soon talking about that. One of our mindsets about how yeah. I go through it just as a, as a teaser, like, you know, I set up, you're supposed to do it per day, but 
per day I can't really do. So I do it on a week, but I, I split up my weeks in thirds. So like work, you know, learning and rest basically. Okay. And people are like, my wife makes fun of me because I actually have an Excel sheet that I charted. <laughs> <laughs> um, nice. and, so, <laughs> and she's like, she's like playing with your daughter. How's that learning? I'm like, I'm learning patience. Um, <laughs> so Good life skill. Yeah, exactly. And when it comes to money, you know, like that's the work side of things. When it comes to money, I'll leave you guys with this. Um, I say this oftentimes in our workshops. You don't want to have money, especially your student loans, dictate your life. You want it to complement your life. So mm. whenever, whatever you have to do in developing your plan, that's part of like Rachel, what she was talking about, like when she got nervous to make those payments, but it was part of her plan. So just mm -hmm. having that plan and it, it relieves a lot of the stress because they're like, look, if I just follow this, I set this up yeah. for a reason. If I just follow it, I don't have to stress about it. Exactly. Therefore, this yeah. stuff is not <laughs> dictating my life anymore. It's complimenting what I'm right. trying to do. Right. So. Mm -hmm. Rachel, again, thank you. Um, it, it's been fun. And I know it's been like two years since we, we chatted. Next time, don't wait <laughs> two years. But uh, exactly, we yeah. will be talking to you soon. Well, sounds great. Thank you so much for having me, Joe. It was, it was great talking to you. Thanks for coming. All right. Thank you.